everyone, and welcome to episode 8 of Those Magic Sparks Podcast, a show about anything and everything related to Walt Disney World. On today's show, we share some game-changing packing tips for your next Disney World vacation. So get your notebooks ready, because we've got some sage knowledge to drop here on Those Magic Sparks. Sparks podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Peg Zisman, and I am joined by my favorite person in the whole wide world, my co-host and wife, Rachel Zisman. Hello. Oh, I'm so excited <laughs> for our episode today, Rach. We've been talking about making an episode like this well before our podcast even began, but before we get into that, I actually wanted to talk about my fast pass booking experience from earlier this week. Hooray. Hooray, indeed. <laughs> yeah, so we're finally within our 60-day window for our own Disney vacation coming up this summer. Yeah. And I had been planning and pouring over these fast pass plans for weeks. Months almost. Yes, forever. Yes. You've been asking me to run over schedules with you. Yes. Forever. Yeah, I had this great plan. Everything just laid out by the hour (laughs) you did (laughs) and then I woke up at five in the morning to get ready and then 6 a.m rolled around the window opened 60 days in advance and we're staying for a whole week so we have like days to give here so we're in in some ways booking 65 days out and let me tell you all of the best attractions were either completely out of fast passes already or really close to it yeah yeah it was a lot tighter than it has been in the past, I think. I think that was the thing that shocked me the most. Yeah. Because this was not my first rodeo. No, you're like an expert. <laughs> you came into this with months of homework completed. Mm-hmm. And we're still in the same. We're in this position, which is interesting. It is. And I've done this before. I've never seen everything booked out so thoroughly, so far in advance. It's almost as if. I don't know, shows like this are becoming more popular. People You've ruined are... it for yourself. <laughs> I know. I think this this news is becoming more common knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so people are planning their Disney vacations more and more. And I'm sure you also have a lot of people who maybe use their vacation planners or travel agents who are helping get these fast passes for them really far in advance. But we were looking at flight of passage, fast passes, for literally 65 days in advance, and they were completely booked, gone. It was wild. Yes. So, as much as I love to plan, I am proud to say that I was very flexible, and I ended up rearranging several dining reservations and which days we were going to which theme parks to try and make it work. So, when all was said and done, we ended up moving a La Cellier dinner to a La Cellier lunch three days later. We ended up moving... A meal at Kona Cafe. We ended up moving a Sanaa dinner to a Sanaa lunch on a different day. And now which days we're going to which parks are completely different. But in the end, we got the very last flight of passage 
house <laughs> for like 8.40 p.m. on like the last night of our trip. That's wild. Uh-huh. We have a frozen Ever After Fast Pass, also for some really late time in the evening. And then we have, we, had te- we got test track without any issue, but the other tier one level attraction that we got, and it was kind of like just barely, was Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Yeah. That was pretty hard to get as well. I wonder if it's just people being more planned. I don't know if they did. Because I think in another thing is that our, as far as you know, the projections for the people in the park are lower than they should be. You know, we're only going during like a six out of ten. Yeah. Which the is weird. for when we're there is not super crowded summer months are becoming much more relaxed especially june yeah june looks like it's going to be almost in the fives this year so um, it's out of 10 interesting this could even go back to our previous episode where we were talking about making the line maybe they hold back some of the fast passes there's just not as many available at certain times that would be interesting if that were the case wouldn't it well the good news is we got what we wanted we did. We were able to be flexible. We didn't have to give up anything. We just had to change the times that we did everything. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm willing to do that. I would have been disappointed if we would have had to cancel a La Cellier meal altogether because we've yeah. never done that before. Yeah. And that was going to be one of our newer experiences. But I'm glad to say we're still doing it just at a different time. Yeah. Well, anyway, moving on to our topic of the week, packing advice. I was thinking of this packing topic a lot this week because... Now that we're within that 60-day window for our own trip, I'm immediately jumping into, (laughs) let's start planning what we need to pack. You know, so I start thinking about these logistics of, like, what do we want to bring? What do we yet need to buy? Can all of it fit within our suitcase and under the given weight limit? I get really into this, and I start making, like, spreadsheets. You do. You do. Yes. (laughs) And the thing is, you can find a ton of advice and reviews online about Disney dining, hotels, how to beat the chaos of waiting in endless lines, but you don't find a ton of tips on what the best things to pack might be. I mean, there's like the obvious essentials that everyone could always bring on a vacation, like plenty of extra underwear and all of your medications. And I feel like sunscreen is an obvious choice for Central Florida. But we have, I think, a more Disney-specific list of tips to share and although I'm generally the one between the two of us to share the Disney World news when it came to this particular topic I know that you have quite a bit to share as well. I had a lot of thoughts yeah. We broke this advice down into separate categories just to keep it all organized and our first category is rain. It rains a lot in Florida particularly when we go during the summer. It doesn't generally rain all day but it does generally rain at least once every day. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So naturally the first piece of advice <laughs> is you need to have a poncho. Yes. And um, if you've been to Disney World, you'll know that a lot of people have ponchos and a lot of them are one of three-ish colors. Um, this past year, we in- we purchased our ponchos in advance and we purchased a navy and a gray poncho, which you would think would not be the standout colors, but they really were. Um, so just about everyone has white, clear, or yellow 
it is super easy to lose your partner and or other people in in your party when they are wearing a poncho because you can't see their clothing or head or <laughs> anything of their body. Um, and so my only recommendation would be not white, yellow, or clear and big enough to cover your backpack. Oh, big enough mm-hmm. to cover your backpack is a critical one because you do not want the things inside your backpack getting soaked Ugh, and then everything smells like wet dog ew ew you know right but also we had our phones electronics wallets like just stuff you don't want to get wet anyway in there yeah and you presumably didn't bring like five backpacks so you don't (laughs) i don't know how long it takes to dry but you want to try to keep things you use daily as dry as possible that's true and so similarly the other piece of advice i have on here is flip-flops and tennis shoes to the park every day because it is going to rain. So if especially if it's the summer, I mean, it is going to rain. And yeah. so when it's raining, my advice is to put on flip-flops because if you try to continue wearing tennis shoes, those things are gone. Ugh, that's if me. you can salvage Gagging. them, yeah, right. <laughs> they're not going to be ready for at least a week just with how much drying they're going to need to do. We showed up to our trip last summer and it was it already raining? It was raining when we got off the Magic Express bus. Yes. Yeah, so we're not even at a theme park. We're just at Art of Animation. Yeah, and, and it's it is pouring. pouring rain. And we're in the aerial rooms, Little Mermaid rooms, which are the furthest from the lobby. And we are walking through these sections as it's pouring rain. And there were, I'm not exaggerating, at least eight inches of standing water at one point. Yeah, we had to really <laughs> like portage through the uh, <laughs> canoe to our room. Yeah. We had to walk through it, and your shoes were done. You didn't, couldn't wear them like the rest of the trip. Yeah, I had brought two pairs of tennis shoes. Thank goodness. Thank goodness I was wearing the less good pair, because those really just sat in our room for the rest of the trip, drying out for eight days. Yeah. When, yeah, it would have been really, abo- I, we probably would have had to buy new shoes for me, so. Now, luckily, I had packed our carry-on or with my flip-flops because yeah we were going to a theme park that night and I knew to bring flip-flops so I I switched into those and I managed to walk to our room wearing the flip-flops and those things dried within 10 minutes 10 minutes and I don't think anyone particularly minds wearing flip-flops that are wet anyhow because they're like pool shoes yeah yeah and we also have um I think if you were wearing like really cheap plastic flip-flops those can sometimes bother if they're wet but we had kind of nicer somewhat cloth mesh flip-flops that were really not a problem for the park which was great yeah I, I wear reef flip-flops I've I've worn those for maybe a dozen years now mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of them they're really durable and I have found that they hold up beautifully in theme parks so if you're interested in a good pair of flip-flops maybe look into reef um the other thing is you want to make sure that you have at least two pairs of shoes with you or footwear I should say not shoes necessarily of footwear to bring with you when you're in the parks, uh, yeah. not only because of the rain, but because I have found that when you wear the exact same pair of shoes for the length of your trip, you start to get sores on the parts of your foot that are always pressing against certain parts of that shoe. So yeah. if you vary your footwear, you're alleviating some of that constant pressure. Yeah. So that way, because even on days where I prefer to wear flip-flops in general over shoes all the time. Mm-hmm. I got to the point, though, because I was wearing flip-flops for most of our trip, just because it was raining a lot, yeah. um, that I ended up, at one point, 
switching into tennis shoes even when it like when it was sunny and I could have worn flip-flops I, I flipped into the tennis shoes just to try and take some pressure off of certain parts of my feet yeah because anytime you just wear any kind of shoe for too long it's gonna hurt that's true mm-hmm. and so then the other advice is segues nicely into socks Ugh. you yeah. want to you want to have extra socks with you at all times and you're gonna want them to be conducive to your comfort so I like having the socks that are cushioned in the heel and also very breathable not only in the arch but also on the on the top of the foot because it gets hot yeah and I think anyone who can take a moment to imagine the possibility of putting your sock back on (laughs) I know after your foot has been sweating in a tennis shoe you took it off for the rain jammed it in the bottom of your backpack yeah the idea of doing that alone is revolting and so so bring not only the socks that you yeah. wear the first time or whatever are already on your feet bring another pair yeah we I mean I know I personally travel with a ton of underwear and socks and things like <laughs> you that really do. I do yeah but I really plan for like two and a half pairs of socks each day mm-hmm. so and it's not like it takes up a ton of space in a suitcase or no. a, or a backpack for a day yeah so I recommend it yeah our next category is the one that people want to talk about the most when they hear about Disney trips. It's the heat. <laughs> is, it, is it hot in Florida? Uh, yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, and during the summer, it can get like armpit sweaty levels of hot. Like, humid like it's nobody's business. Put it this way. When I walk outside of our hotel room each morning, my skin immediately breaks out into a fine glaze of sweat. And my sunglasses instantly fog up. It's just delightful. It, yeah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. It makes you feel like you can never wear those clothes ever again. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But I think that's part of what's pushing people away from coming during the summer. So, you know, more advantage to us. And I think one of the best pieces of advice I can ever give to anybody going to Disney World, particularly if it's hot, is you want to avoid at all costs chub rub or at Disney World as it's referred to endearingly as Epcrotch. You do not not want to wear thin and raw that space between your legs that maybe touch most humans. Sure. Thighs touch. And you don't want that sensation to impede your ability to navigate around a park because the fastest way to ruin your Disney vacation, I think, is Epcrotch. Probably. Yes. And I learned this the hard way a few years ago because there was one pair of shorts I had, my, my butler basketball shorts, that were perfect and they and they separated my thighs and when I walked with them I had no problems. And then the next day I decided to wear like a khaki pair of pants. Big mistake. They just rubbed my legs raw. Rookie mistake. I could no I could not bounce back. Day three, I, I mean, halfway through day two, just mm-hmm. wearing those pants, I was done. I didn't want to move anywhere. And then you can only adjust it so much before people start staring. It's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here's some of my advice on what to do about that. One one thing that I, because I first dove into this just looking for some sort of anti-chafing stick like a like a body stick. Yeah. And there's a, a brand called Body Glide and I've really enjoyed that. I not only use it 
for um, Epcrotch. Yeah. I also use it like when I wear a button-up shirt. Um, I sometimes will get like chafing from the collar of the shirt, mm-hmm. and I'll use Body Glide for that. Sometimes you can use it like if you have arms that kind of rub against the side of your body with certain kinds of materials, you can use it in that space to prevent some chafing. It's just a really useful product. Yeah. And full disclosure, none of the companies that we're going to mention or any of the products that we mentioned sponsor us. That's that's not our jam. We just I spent a lot of time looking up all these different products and then using them. Rachel's actually holding the body glide. Yeah. Not that anyone can see it. But <laughs> I really have enjoyed it and used it year-round, not just at Disney. So yeah. Well, I've used Body Glide for running as well and found it to be very helpful. I'm not... I, I picked it up because I was trying to even figure out what it is. It sort of looks like deodorant, applies a lot like stick deodorant, but doesn't have any scent associated with it. Really, it's kind of... It just looks like a white deodorant stick, but mm-hmm. it's magic in that stick is what I'll say. Because it can do, and it'll prevent any discomfort you could possibly imagine on your skin. Yeah, everything that we use has excellent online reviews because Mm -hmm. I like to look up reviews before I purchase anything. That's true. I'm not one of those people who buys something, tests it out, and goes, oh, well, this was fine because I don't want to have cognitive dissonance of feeling like something I purchased wasn't actually that great. Yeah. Um, So I can say that any, I do it the other way around. I make sure I do my homework first and then I buy And then I either confirm or deny what the internet said. It's easier to blame strangers on the internet if a product is awful. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. So do that with this this podcast, right? Like buy it and then be like, they They were wrong. wrong. I know. They were so wrong. Uh, The other, oh, you know what? Here. The other thing I really, really like, and this was a game changer, is this prickly heat. Which, what even is this stuff? I don't even, yeah, right. I need to give a little bit of a background to it because- it wasn't even the first time I went back to Disney as an adult. It was like the second or third time. Yeah. I noticed after a couple of days of walking in the park that my ankle was developing a pretty uh, you like a rash. looking rash. Like yeah. a bumpy. It looked like red bumps. Yeah. Not like hives. It just looked like a rash. It did. Yeah. And it, and it started right above my sock line. So I typed it into the internet as as I do. And I found out this was commonly referred to as the Disney rash. Mm-hmm. And it's because Creatively of the named the Disney rash. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's from the heat on the pavement. It comes up and it's so hot that yeah. it irritates your ankles. But the part of your skin that's covered by the sock isn't affected. So everyone who gets this, it's above their sock line. And unless you feel like wearing knee-high <laughs> socks around Disney. Which I usually do. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> it's just, it. that's too hot. Um, the advice that I found online was to use this prickly heat. So we use Snake Brand Prickly Heat Cooling Powder. It's It comes in a package that might seem off-putting to some people but it's not off-putting to me it's like a little tin container mm-hmm. and it looks like a really large tin yeah container. it's a large yeah but it definitely looks like something my grandmother would have had yeah in her medicine cabinet yeah it's like the size of a standard mason jar yeah and inside of it is white powder that almost looks like baby powder and there's just, there's a snake with an arrow through its head on the front. So it seems like the sort of thing they're like, I don't want to put that on my body. But it's, it was a total game changer for us um, on our last trip. Like, I used it on my ankles every great. night yeah. when I got home. And I did not 
even kind of develop any sort of rash. It feels a little bit menthol-y, mm-hmm. but otherwise is largely sensation-less. It doesn't yeah. feel like anything. And you just kind of shake it onto your legs before you go to bed, and it helps your skin to, I guess, stay cool. Um, if it helps to know, I do shower every night uh, after we get home from the parks mm-hmm. and then don't shower the next morning when I wake up. So I put the prickly heat on after the shower, so I'm sure there's some residual on there when I'm going around the park. So otherwise, I guess what I'm saying is I would put this on either before you go to the park or before you go to bed after being at the park. I wouldn't rinse it off and then go to the park. Yeah, that that would be defeating the purpose, I think. Yeah. So that that is what to do about the Disney rash. Um, another thing that I tried f- to help avoid the chub rub is uh, spandex-type shorts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went on Amazon and I found a brand that I really liked. I don't actually know what the brand is because I've kind of... The label has come off the inside. They were pretty inexpensive, though. They weren't very... They were super yeah, expensive. They were, just... they were like $4 a, uh, for one. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Really affordable. But if you go on Amazon, look at some reviews, spandex shorts for men or for women, either way, really, really useful. And that almost overrode my need for the body glide, but I still use the body glide Anyway. You weren't willing to chance it. Yeah. No, I just use everything. <laughs> it's like a whole hour-long process of me applying things before I leave to go to the parks. But I was comfortable, and That's I was true. I was durable <laughs> through yeah. those parks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that you added were the the shorts advice. Yeah. So um, we don't really have the same taste in shorts, I guess I would say. But I wore a lot a of. Um, I guess standard running shorts, uh, they often have like a built-in pair of spandex or lycra underneath, kind of like a more outer layer of short. But I, the first time that I went, I know that I wore some khaki shorts and some denim shorts. And I think comparing the two, there was like a clear winner, which was anything that was moisture wicking, just jeans and other cotton-based fabrics can really get dank in the in the humidity whereas like the moisture wicking just maintained a lot of comfortability yeah personally yeah you you want breathability when it's that hot outside yeah and you don't want it to absorb any liquid Mm -hmm. I also use a a moisture wicking kind of short now I use uh under armor basketball shorts they're you can call them basketball shorts they're they're raid brand yeah. Or their raid line of Under Armour. It's yeah. Under Armour brand. I really, really like them. So if you have a more feminine, like Rachel, use the running shorts <laughs> from the women's department. I go to the men's department and I get the more masculine Under Armour shorts. And I really like them. Live your life. Mm-hmm. The other thing you want to keep in mind when it comes to heat is your own level of hydration. Because... You don't always, this is going to sound like a public service announcement from like a mom or a nurse, but it it really is true. Like if you are sweating profusely in the Florida heat and not replacing those with water, you are going to be very, very tired very, very fast. And you need stamina to even spend nine hours in that park, let alone people who want to commando it from rope drop to to park close. So bring reusable water bottles they will Mm -hmm. be your friend we prefer the contigo brand because they have had a lot of ability to keep drinks cold 
all yeah. day and we've found them to be pretty reliable and and sturdy mm-hmm. but the thing about disney is you're you might think like oh if i'm gonna get water i have to get the bottled water and those are super expensive there you're right the bottled water at disney is super expensive but anywhere that they serve food they're going to have tap water so any sort of quick service dining in a building or any sort of sit down establishment they're going to have tap water and ask for it they yeah. will give it to you for free and you can ask like we will typically ask for like six cups of water eight cups of water right. like way more than you i think it's one of those what's the rule of like if you're already thirsty then you're already dehydrated or something yeah. where we joke often about being a super well hydrated family but i think it comes we notice it a lot more when we're being conscious about making sure that we drink enough water like we are at the parks mm-hmm. because we really do prioritize hydration <laughs> you mentioned getting like six cups oh yeah it's not us being gluttons disney sometimes has a policy of if you ask for the free tap water they give you a small cup as you'll see at other restaurants outside of disney yeah. too like panera bread for example you will get a smaller water cup and they'll give you ice but if you say i want six or seven <laughs> they will give you six give or it seven. To you. there was one a cast member I interacted with that we had a grand old time with each other. I asked for seven to go with my lunch and that I was going to fill up my water bottle. And that person, I think, gave me about 12. Yeah, they were like... And I don't think it was like, a, I'm being sassy with you. I think it was a like... God, you look dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> they, but I loved it. I drank uh, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's one of those like, yeah, you can get a small cup of eight ounces of water, but... If you are sweating profusely for eight hours, you need to you make need a to point replace, yeah. to continue to replace your liquids. And if you're doing, as many people do, the drinking around world showcase, if you're at Epcot, Ugh. then it's even more imperative that you get a ton of water to compensate for that consumption. So along the lines of water consumption, another thing that we did on our last trip was we had a case of bottled water delivered to our hotel room before we even got there. And we also had a bottle of distilled water for my CPAP delivered. And that's actually what instigated the whole thing was because I need distilled water for my machine, my CPAP machine when I sleep at night. And I was told that Disney rather inconsistently has it stashed in their Mm. gift shop. So I made sure that we had that available to me. And in the meantime, I was like, oh, they have a case of bottled water. So I went to Turner Drugs. It's a tourist prescription service near Disney World. And they will deliver a number of different pharmaceutical-esque items to your Disney hotel or even to your hotel room for a set delivery price of like $10. And their prices are only slightly upcharged. So we got the whole case of water and the distilled water delivered. I think when all was said and done, it cost like $18 for everything. Sure. Um, And that included delivery. So it really wasn't too bad. And I found that to be extremely useful. Now, generally, you and I don't like using bottled water because it's wasteful. Yeah. Um, Thus why we have reusable water bottles. Here's why we did this. We were in the Little Mermaid rooms, which are the furthest from the lobby. Even now, you would imagine if we were in the rooms closest to the lobby, there's a certain level of like, oh, I have to get up, I have to walk outside, I have to go all the way there and come all the way back. That makes water, getting that water very inconvenient, and it's easy to just skip and be like, well, I'm fine. That's a, also a great way to make sure that you're not hydrated enough. 
So having the bottled water in the room was useful because you and I had this rule where every morning when we woke up, before we went to the park, we had to each drink a whole bottle of water. Yes. And then every night when we got home from the park, we had to drink a whole bottle of water. Yeah. And it was always, like, in our refrigerator ready Ready to to go, go. which was Mm -hmm. really convenient and I think ensured that we were maintaining hydration. We really did. Mm Mm-hmm. At no point on our trip did I feel like I was not able to withstand the heat Mm -hmm. because we were always well hydrated. Yeah, and I think especially we are from Wisconsin, which is not, uh, like, we have summer still, but (laughs) I think the, the difference between Wisconsin and Florida, our bodies are not totally used to it, and so we needed to be extra conscientious about... You know, just protecting ourselves and not ensuring that we weren't getting sick just from heat, heat related illnesses. And I think the water really helped with that. It did. It did. So I think that we'll do that again. And I thought that was uh, a good choice for us. And also Disney in its room had recycling. Yeah. So I appreciated that ability and I felt less guilty about using the bottled water knowing that I could recycle all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that 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 definitely helped. Our third category is for improving your use of your hotel room. Mm -hmm. The hotel room, if you're staying on property at Disney, can offer you a couple things. Obviously, if you're staying in a deluxe, you're going to have a lot of nice amenities. In our case, when we go to Disney, we always stay at a value resort because all we need is a bed, a shower, and a toilet, and we're good to go. (laughs) And let it be clean, and I'm happy. (laughs) I'm great. So, but here are some ways that you can kind of plus your in-room experience. And my favorite one is this one. It's hanging storage. Because when we stayed at Art of Animation, we were staying for a week. We had a lot of clothes. We had a lot of stuff. And not a ton of space to put it. Especially because in those rooms, the mini fridges were designed to be in half of the dresser. So we only had three drawers. And... I honestly was able to fill up those three drawers all on my own, let alone mm-hmm. you. And then there wasn't a lot of other options. like Let alone a... you, peasant. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, I mean, the other part of the room where you could have put clothes was this closet that just had, like, a rod with some hangers on it. And it really was, like, the entrance to the bathroom. It wasn't, <laughs> like, a, yeah. a full, you know, separate space or anything. Mm-hmm. And how many people are going to be able to put all of their vacation clothes on hangers you know like a lot of what you're wearing or especially us or t-shirts, are t-shirts and, shorts. and shorts yeah so that wasn't a space for them if anything we used the hangers to put like our swimsuits we did yeah that was our designated drying space mm-hmm. pretty much yeah so i had the forethought to bring a hanging storage unit found a really cheap one for about five dollars on Amazon and we have Prime so there was no shipping fee or anything. Yeah. And we got a eight slot hanging storage unit which was perfect because you were able to put eight days worth of clothes then in each each little slot was for one day. Mm-hmm. And that helped us a ton with being able to fit everything in there. It did. Yeah. I think that was really a, like kind of a genius life hack. It was 
just a cheap sweater hanger um if you've seen those on amazon and it really i think for it worked really well for me but i think especially if people had kids maybe or mm-hmm. anyone maybe who's someone who's just disorganized like myself um it was really helpful because i could place out outfits by day and then i didn't have to dig through a messy suitcase every morning as mm-hmm. i was getting ready so disney rooms are going to lack drawer space but every hotel you ever go to pretty much is always going to have a hanging closet area so use that to your advantage with hanging storage and then if you buy it for cheap great you have a hanging storage unit now use it for shoes later use it in your own closet if you aren't able to fit at home it's an easy thing to part ways with and donate yeah because it's so inexpensive it is yeah Mm mm-hmm Another thing I have on here was a power strip. I think most of what you will find yourself needing to do at night besides sleep and bathe is going to be recharging your electronic devices, especially now that Disney makes you so reliant on using their My Disney Experience app. You're burning through your phone's battery. So whether Plus, you I've got have... to take hundreds of selfies every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no matter what, If you have a cell phone, if you have an external charger, if you have a tablet that you used, I had my CPAP. There were a lot of things we had to go and charge at nighttime, and you may not feel like you have enough outlets in your room, so rather than having to, or you may not have easy access to the outlets in your room. So in order to make it easier for yourself, bring a power strip, and then you know you have all of that right there. I will say... Pop Century Resort has refurbished most of their rooms at this point. We're so excited to see the 300 USB ports that they're going to have yeah. right next to the bed for us. <laughs> yes. The new Pop Century rooms that have been refurbished have a ton of directly into different units USB ports. Mm-hmm. So that will help you charge most of your electronic devices And I'm really glad that they did that. I think that's perfect for what we need it for. But I'm still going to bring a a power strip because, again, in terms of that accessibility to an outlet, I like being able to plug it in, even if I have to bend behind the bed, and then you have the power strip right there, I can plug my CPAP into it. It makes it easy peasy. So I recommend that. But along those lines, I mentioned briefly an external charger. I said you're going to burn through a lot of your phone's battery and the time that you're at the parks and now they have the play app coming out which sounds like they're encouraging you to use your phone when you're in line okay you're gonna need an external charger and you can get external chargers with varying levels of capacity we have a two really strong ones made by anchor that i would highly recommend so But you can also get really inexpensive ones that are more novelty-based, like I have a Harry Potter one. I wouldn't recommend those ones for the park just because they may only partially refill your phone. But if you want to make sure you get two or three more refills worth of energy, go ahead and buy a bigger capacity external charger. They're not all created equal, so read the reviews before you purchase one. I recommend Anchor Brand. And then the last piece of in-room advice I wanted to give was kind of a heads up for anyone who might have a bleach sensitivity. I do, which I only learned through Disney. Turns out I can get a lot of really easy rashes yeah. when I'm at Disney World. Yeah, I would say just in general, if you are sensitive to detergents or other soaps or things like that, I think 
just in general, hotels tend to clean their sheets and towels way more extensively than you probably would at your home for obvious reasons. But yeah, yeah, I think the bleach was probably the thing that bugged you the most. We suspect that's what it was. Yeah. Two trips ago, I again, besides you were all a the mess. Other rashes, I, know. <laughs> I also came home and had the flu, so it was a whole thing. But I broke out in a bunch of rashes on my wrists, and mm-hmm. I was having a reaction either to the hand towels or to the soap. So on this past trip, we invested in some of those. They're camping style towels. They're very very thin microfibers, and they but they're super absorbent and they dry really quickly. And we bought two that are full body size and then two that were hand towel sized Mm -hmm. and used those for the trip and I found them very useful not only were they able to dry me effectively I also got no rash from them and I also brought a soft soap from home just to make sure that my wrists weren't being irritated by the in-room soap I don't suspect that was the problem but I did find it useful to guarantee that I couldn't get any rash by using soft soap because I never have a problem with that yeah. Yeah. So if you're special and weirdly sensitive to things like me. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, you have special skin like Peg. <laughs> which segues us really nicely into our last category, which is self-care. The last category that we're going to talk about here is self-care. You're wanting to make sure that when you're on this trip, you're always feeling comfortable and That's especially true when you're on vacation. You're supposed Mm -hmm. to be relaxing. You're supposed to be having a good time. So the first thing we wrote down was probably one of your and my favorite things to use on vacation. It was. Yeah, the peppermint foot cream. Mm Mm-hmm. What did you like most about the peppermint foot cream? I think the thing that I like the most about this is that it um, has sort of a natural cooling to it, Mm -hmm. which is really helpful if you're coming back from the park where your feet have probably been baking in the tennis shoes for 10 hours. And it's just a good, you know, obviously the park is supposed to be a time for fun and relaxation, but to really decompress from it, we gave each other foot massages every night during our last vacation. And that was a great way to relax into the night, you know? If you have a partner, I fully recommend giving each other the treat of an evening foot rub Not Mm -hmm. only is it obviously a bonding experience, I think just that being able to help your feet release some of that tension and Mm -hmm. that pressure with a nice lotion, that was honestly one of my favorite parts of the trip was the nighttime foot rubs because my feet hurt like crazy. I was durable for the entirety of that trip, but you know, when you are on that bus on the way home you got to stand the whole way because the seats filled up right away and your feet are just like, oh my gosh, get me home. Good peppermint foot cream. We use two different Burt's Bees brands. We have the Burt's Bees peppermint foot lotion and also the Burt's Bees Mama Bee leg and foot cream. The Burt's Bees Mama Bee is made with peppermint oil as well as a rosemary leaf extract. And I recommend both of them. Yeah. Along those lines... In case you're a person who's prone to some soreness at the end of a day where you're on your feet a lot, putting a lot of pressure on your body, I suggest something along the lines of an Icy Hot. Personally, I don't like the hot part of the Icy Hot. I just like the Icy. So my favorite brand to use is always Tiger Balm, and I use the neck and shoulder rub. It is choice at the end of the day. 
There's also a nice peppermint oil that I get from doTERRA. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That and one's you can good. just rub that out and that feels really good. Yeah. I think some people don't like the sensation of that like extreme cool when they're sleeping, but it soothes me. Especially after a day of being in the heat. The next one was one of your suggestions, and I, I really like this one. It's the granola bars while you're in the parks. Yeah. So there are obviously a lot of really great dining options in Disney. However, making a full sit-down meal or something real fancy is not the best option for every single meal, especially if you're there for an extended period of time like we were for our last vacation. And so we ended up bringing a variety of kind bars. I guess the the kind is the, the brand of it. They're mostly just nuts and fruit pressed together. So they're very simple. Um, you don't get a huge blood sugar spike from eating them. And I think that really helped us. We recently discovered RX bars listening to other podcasts, which we didn't use on our last vacation, but are great. And we probably will take with us the next time we go. Mm-hmm. But we those were really helpful for us to start our day as well as, you know, just an afternoon snack standing in the lines. I found the power or the granola bars to be really helpful at the end of the evening when we were waiting for buses because everything's closed. They are. And you're kind of tired and you maybe haven't eaten in a few hours and that can give you just one more kick to get through that bus ride before you get home. I liked having it then. Um, And I wanted to add Something I appreciate about the Kind Bars is they have a lot of different flavor varieties, including both sweet and savory. So you're able to choose what flavor palette you want to go with. And then with the RX Bars, I like that they are so full of protein. So I actually use them at work and I find them really helpful to kind of keep me up and at them when Mm -hmm. I have to get up and be working at 7.15 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Another thing I also wanted to add too is... When you're at Disney, the meals are really expensive, so it's a good idea to maybe plan on two meals a day, and for that third meal, go with snacks, something that maybe you even brought from home, or something that, like we said, the the granola bars, just to help you power through. It helps you pinch a pretty big penny, and it's also maybe all you really need. I'm not shy about eating, and I felt like they were pretty sufficient. Yeah. Yeah especially because you and I like to sleep in. So by that point, we largely miss breakfast anyway. Yeah. Easy there. Another thing that we have on this list of self-care is something that I find really useful for you in particular, but certainly for me too. And it's, you have really bad motion sickness, or you did. I do, yeah. I'm a person who has been cursed with motion sickness. That's just the cross in in life I must bear. Um. But yeah, the motion sickness, we bought both uh, motion sickness tablets. We have MQ brand. I don't know what brand that is, but that's what it's called. That's the patch. I know. Yeah. And that's a patch that you stick behind your ear. And I'll be honest, I don't know really what's in them other than... It says that it's herbal. Yeah. I think it was dandelion herb or some, I don't, some dandelion extract, maybe. They were pretty inexpensive and I found them to be... Po- pretty uh, effective. We wore them pretty much through the entire trip starting before we even got on the plane and then changed them out. It says that you can do 72 hours, but... We changed them daily. We changed them daily because they were... Mostly because the... 
they would get sticky. The adhesive yeah. got kind of gross <laughs> yeah. in the heat. And then if you tried to take a shower in it, it would just get grimy. Um, but it was really effective. Yeah. I have... I don't have motion sickness on any of the rides, but I do have motion sickness during takeoff of airplanes, Planes, yeah. which is what made me uncomfortable on airplanes. I used these and I felt nothing during any of our takeoffs. Yeah. So I would highly recommend them. And then the other ones we got were the tablets. Yeah. So we also got, they're just called travel sickness tablets. By but they rugby. Are rugby. Yeah. Um, and they're chewable tablets, which have been really helpful for you because you can't swallow anything. I'm a toddler. I, know. I, can't, <laughs> I, I can't swallow pills. Yeah. And we would just take these kind of preemptively. So in the morning we would treat out our motion sickness patches, I guess you could call them. And then we would also take the chewable tablets just to help make sure, even through bus rides and other things, that we weren't, you know, we weren't having motion sickness that would potentially ruin a trip for us. Emphasis for both the patch and the pill was that they were non-drowsy. Yes. Because a great way to ruin your vacation, is besides exhaustion, is to be really exhausted during them. You're like, I just want to go to bed. Today alone costs $500. I'm going to sleep through it. Yeah, right. Perfect. I know. <laughs> Another obvious addition to the self-care list is hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer use in general is excessive and it's causing these micro... Super germs. They're super germs, not micro. (laughs) More like macro. Yeah. No, these these really big super germs. But when you're in the park, there are a million other humans and there's children and they put their mouths on everything and God knows what they're touching. Yeah. So hand sanitizer could be your friend in a pinch. Please wash your hands before meals. It's the advice I always give my kids. Yeah. But in the, you know, my students. But at the very least, hand sanitizer can help you in a pinch. Because what if you touch something sticky? Yeah. And I think we have seen, you know, for example, in some of the interactive cues, I'm thinking of the honey. I'm thinking of the honey wall. Uh, those kids were licking. Just, they were licking They it. were licking the honey wall in the Winnie the Pooh cue, which was revolting. But all I could think was... I hope those kids don't get sick and ruin their family vacation because they were touching this honey, this pretend honey All I honey could think wall. is I hope they don't get other kids sick and uh, ruin those family vacations. And ruin vacations. thousands of family vacations. So, yeah. And we're definitely big fans of cleanliness in terms of uh, food safety handling and everything else. Every so. time I have a student ask me if they can go to the bathroom, I always say yes and wash your hands with soap and they correct me if I forget to say it one time. They know it's like my thing. They know it's your thing. Yeah. Wash your hands with soap. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're big hand sanitizer people. Definitely. <laughs> uh, another thing we have on the list here was something that I put on here and it's band-aids specifically for your heels. They're kind of, they're not a regular, what you think of as being band-aid material. They're yeah. kind of because you can get regular Band-Aids on property at Disney World mm-hmm. just by asking any first aid center and they'll give you Band-Aids. Yeah. But I bought specifically Band-Aids made for your heels and I used them proactively anytime I was wearing shoes. Because even if it's a pair of shoes that's well worn in, I was cognizant of the fact that sometimes you might have more rubbing than you're used to. So if... If you know in advance that there's any part of your shoe that's slightly irritating to you, get some sort of Band-Aid because if it can go wrong, it will go wrong the more, <laughs> the more you're using it at Disney. So go ahead and get get something like that if you think it'll be useful for you. And then last but not least on our list is sunscreen. I already said it at the Ooh. top of the show yeah. that it's obvious and you should have it. And 
I think that's true and I hope that you have a brand that you are really loyal to. I wanted to give two little plugs for specific kinds of sunscreen that I have found extremely useful. One of them is for your face because there's nothing grosser than having that greasy yes sunscreen face exactly. feel. Yeah. You don't want a greasy sunscreen face. And I know that you know as a softball player as an athlete, I when I'm in a pinch will often just spray my face and close my eyes and hold my breath and spray my face with those spray sunscreens and the problem with those is that later if I absentmindedly rub my eye I get I keep getting sunscreen in my (laughs) Ah! eye it actually (laughs) happened while umpiring recently and there were like two innings where I was just kind of guessing whether things were balls or strikes (laughs) but I've really liked the Neutrogena Ultra Sheer Dry Touch Sunscreen it's a broad spectrum SPF 100 plus which is obscene but mm-hmm. when you're in Florida, again, you don't want to feel uncomfortable on your vacation. So I got this. Who knows how much of its SPF is effective, but it worked really well on my face. It's a lightweight. It's a clean feel. It's fast absorbing. It's water resistant for 80 minutes. I completely recommend it. It'll cost you a little bit of a pretty penny. I think it was over $10, but yeah. and it's a, not a huge container. But I really, really swear by this stuff, and I found it extremely useful and you liked it because you said that when you looked at me, I didn't look shiny. Well, I think just like the greasiness from a lot of sunscreens is really gross. And yeah. this is definitely a thing that is worth it because you could be exposed to a lot of dangerous sun rays, especially, you know, like for me, I'm Irish and Eastern European. And so I have very easy to burn skin. And so I need to be very cognizant of it. And don't, you know, I think a bad sunburn could not only be really damaging to my long-term health, but more importantly, could ruin a (laughs) vacation. What I took out of what you just said was that Rachel's pasty. Yeah, right. I'm very pasty. (laughs) Uh, But the other sunscreen item that I have on here is for your lips. People often forget, myself included, that your lips can burn. Your lips are skin too. Yeah, they sure are. And I am usually addicted to Burt's Bees, that, that menthol, like the mint, but it doesn't protect me as well as I'd like from the sun. Mm-hmm. At least not the kind I typically use. They do have some Burt's Bees SPF stuff. But the the one that I've enjoyed the most, because you can kind of remember taste them all and everything, is I really have liked Sunbum brand. It's like a coconut and it's a SPF 30. Um, and Sunbum is kind of known for just being really more natural type stuff. Um, so it's always a little bit more expensive, but I've really enjoyed it. So I'd recommend that one, particularly if you're kind of like me, picky about the flavor of your chapsticks. So that'll do it. That'll, that'll do it. All right. Well, that's all the advice that we have for you today. If any of our listeners have any other packing tips, we would love to hear from you. We're always looking to plus our next travel experience to Disney World, so we always welcome tips and tricks. And I want to thank Rach so much for sharing her advice today. And I also want to thank all of our listeners for your enthusiasm, your topic suggestions, and of course your support. We love hearing from you and we want to keep hearing from you. If you enjoyed today's show, please remember to subscribe on iTunes as well as rate and review us. You can also bookmark us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash TMS podcast. Or you can now find us on the Pocket Cast app or the Overcast app. Look at us. We're growing. 
This has been Peg and Rachel Zisman for Those Magic Sparks podcast. Don't forget, kindness is cool. So make good choices and have a magical day, everybody.